0: all the cky videos and all that stuff haggard all that stuff pretty much like defined our childhoods like that's a very depressing thing to hear
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding man i'm kidding
0: it is the it is the the reason i ever picked up a video camera like ever when i was 15 and started doing that's led to all this shit and like it is so cool to sit down and talk to you man it's it's unreal I it's it's coming. uh
2: nah I'm, I'm grateful to be here this is uh you guys have a really rad thing going on and uh you know i look forward to making any reason to make it to florida i really like i like yeah. it. i have a place in fort lauderdale oh do you really yeah and i was telling you know telling him time kind of slows down when you get here when i whenever i get off the plane as soon as i walk off the plane and the air hits me i'm like ah i can breathe a little. Mm. so it's you know I really love coming here, but it's funny because the 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 gravity and the magnitude of what that's uh, produced from then to now is like mind blowing, and the amount of money that's generated off of like YouTube is insane. Oh, dude, so crazy! You know, I remember being at Bam's house when he received his first check for uh, the million dollars. I actually Mm. signed for it really off of, uh, when, the, when they delivered the package and the funny thing yeah. is the irony is i had no idea what i had signed for i, I was like <laughs> withdrawing on heroin from heroin because that's how i ended up at his house and in those cky videos and the the part that i played in the very first one or, or the second whatever one i was in second or third i think it was a third was Dooley, which was a drug dealer and, and i was a shady drug okay. dealer guy which was ironically my drug dealer's name in baltimore what's up sweetheart guy yeah, yeah 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 um but you know at that point in time there was no like internet sensation there was no youtube and you know it was word of mouth and uh, you know it was just kind of sold out of skate shops
3: yeah tapes
2: yeah how did that shit start to like
0: catch fire like I knew like you guys obviously were well known like in the skateboarding circuit but like how like it's hard to even fathom when you're making videos back then how you would get the word out or get people to start like sharing them like these kids and like everybody all my friends would buy every single CKY. We would download it. We would watch it all the time. Like, how do people in Florida become so like obsessed with their stuff and find this stuff when it's coming out of like Pennsylvania? You know For sure, I mean? when it's there's no internet. I mean, there
2: is internet, but not really. Not then. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't being used like it is today. I think you know, Bam was just really way ahead of his time. Yeah, um, he just had such a creative perspective on life, and uh, because. The majority of the people in the CKY videos weren't really skaters. You know, there was a handful, really? like, but the ones out of Pennsylvania didn't skate. Yeah. Dunn didn't skate. Rab didn't skate. Deco didn't skate. Rake yeah. didn't skate. Right. Bam Deacon skated. <laughs> um, and Maldonado skated. And then Bam kind of just showcased his other skater friends. Cause he realized, I remember him saying, he's like, dude, you know, skating's rad, but no one gives a shit. Like, the, the, Varsity, uh, you know, girl who's like gonna go on to become Miss America doesn't care about skating, like (laughs) how do we make this cross paths? And he did that by just kind of adding these funny stupid skits that, you know, was just really in at the time. And it it, it kind of transitioned into a bigger world than just skaters, you know, it wasn't limited to just that. And then it just kind of spread. Didn't you get him into skating? We, no, I didn't get him into okay. skating, but I'm from Baltimore and um, Bucky Lasik, who's uh, you know mm-hmm. another pro skateboarder, yeah, legend, totally. Um, he's from Baltimore as well. And and I, he was older than I and, and he kind of recognized, I guess, the talent that I had at a young age and he took me under his wing and he was the one that got me sponsored by PAL. And, and that's how my career into that world began. But before I like really kind of started forging my own future in it we would go to the skate park called cheapskates in pennsylvania and uh i walked in and i saw bam and i'm like this kid's gonna be a problem hey everybody i just want to drop in to
0: remind you all to please hammer the subscribe button below the video that is the one thing that makes this channel and these podcasts grow and enables us to keep making more of them flying in guests all over the world etc etc um Thank you to everybody who has been subscribing. It has been helping a lot. The reach has been growing. We're now up to like 60% of the viewers of these podcasts are subscribed. There's still like 40, 45% who are not yet subscribed. So if you're a regular watcher of the channel and you enjoy these podcasts and you want to help, all I ask is that you just hammer that subscribe button below these
2: videos. Thank you again. I love you all. Back to the show for me because we, we, we were just alike we skated alike we dressed alike we act alike we talked alike we mm-hmm. we we were into the same kind of setup skating transitions you know contest skater consistency tricks and um and we became thickest thieves best friends at that point point. and uh he wasn't sponsored at the time but i was already by pal and bucky was pro so he had asked us to try to help him get sponsored and it didn't work out with pal at the time but nonetheless every year we'd enter this skate contest called the 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 uh bricktown skate uh the nsa is the bricktown skate park contest and either he would win or i would win and one year he was there bucky had went and bam was like Yo, where's Novak? And Bucky's like, I think he's on heroin. And Bam's like, what's that? You know, at such a young age, I didn't even know what the word meant. And that's kind of where his career continued to excel. He became a household name with the CKY videos that then turned into, um, you know, Viva La Bams later on. Um, and he pursued that route in life. And I, I thought it was a much more logical approach to pursue heroin. <laughs> so, so yeah. How did you first
0: discover heroin at Uh, such a young age? What what were you like 16 or 17?
2: uh, At the end of uh, 16 turning 17, I was like a a fully addicted heroin addict. That's early. Yeah. The progression took place way, way, way quicker than I ever anticipated it to do so. Um, And... At the time, I had no idea what was happening. Now, it's very evident and clear as day for me to kind of look back and recognize the synchronicity in life's events that took place that landed me there then and here now, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And A, I was genetically predisposed, right? My father was an addict, his father was an addict. My mother, my brother and sister by a different gentleman have no issues. I, on the other hand, followed in the footstep of my father and his father. That paired with, uh, I was kind of being groomed without me even knowing I was being groomed in that culture of promiscuous behaviors, addiction, um, drug dealing, uh, drug using. You know, I remember being a, a, you know, a six, seven year old kid. My father, he never worked a day in his life, um, he taught me one thing, if and when I went to prison, how to conduct myself, and he ran with the Hell's Angels. he was a pretty gnarly kind of guy, and he was around just enough to let us know he was not around and, uh, <laughs> and um you know, I remember as a kid, my mother, right, she had just got a job at, at Mercy Hospital, like drawing blood for five dollars a pop, a phlebotomist, and then she literally worked her way up the ladder to become a nuclear physicist on the board of Mercy Hospital, pretty big deal. Damn. And um, so in doing that and pursuing that career, like she was consumed by climbing that ladder. Uh, and and my father, unfortunately, was the one that kind of took care of me. Not a lot, but when he was around. Mm-hmm. And he would take me to the strip joint and, and he'd be in the back conducting business and the pretty dancing girls would put me on a, a stool at the bar and and pour me shots of ginger ale and Coca-Cola. And I would, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I was I was just kind of like being raised in that world. Which was rather ironic, because one would think that like, I'd recognize that this is not a, a healthy path to pursue, right? You would think that, but the reality is, as a matter of fact, I, I made it a point to excel at everything I did in my life to not become my father. right? Because Jerome was a great guy, my father. Everyone loved Jerome, but when he didn't show up at 5:30 to make dinner for us, Um, And we heard him and his biker buddies pulling at 3 or 3.30 and the keys hit the lock. We shook like leaves because we knew what we were in for. And it was nothing that a child should ever have to endure. So you would think logically that I'd be like, whoa, drugs are bad, kid. Stay the fuck away. But I think paired with a genetical predisposition and um, being cultivate it within that society they normalized it early yeah, the disconnection from reality had already started taking place yeah. paired with the fact that I was already a really successful skateboarder at such a young age so from others perspectives from the outside looking in it looked like there was a method to my madness right mm, at, at yeah. 14 I'm, I'm being endorsed by Gatorade at 15 right. I'm i I'm touring the world with Tony Hawk uh, you know I'm, I'm ending up in Thrasher and Transworld I have video parts in the POW videos like I'm I'm doing some pretty it seems rad to be shit. Working. Yeah. yeah, so like people were like, "Ah, oh, he's cool. He's got it." Like he wouldn't. And then I think when people started to take notice, I was so like disconnected from reality and or abnormality that it was like, how? Yeah. How? And and uh, yeah, that was so. Like, what year was that roughly oh, when fuck. you started taking off with skateboarding? <laughs> to do to put into perspective how my timeline of, of brain works is like, we, my second book had come out a, a, a year or two ago, the sequel to Dream Seller. Mm-hmm. And uh, my life for the better part of 18 years just looked like spring break on methamphetamine, right? Like I was just 24 seven. So we went and hired this private investigator and we said, Hey, I need to know... I need you to dig up every arrest record, every confrontation with every police officer, every jail stay, every incarceration bit. And and he's looks at me. He's like, "What? Why?" Like, yeah. Most people try to bury this really deep. You're asking yeah. me to unearth all <laughs> Trying this. To remember re-... it? Yeah, and I was, yeah, because like when I would see things like that, I could put in my mind where mm, I was at at that time. Right. right. Like, uh, my brain compared to your brain, two different brains. Here we go. Example mm-hmm. A. Where were you at well okay, here's where I was at, uh, yeah, New Year's Eve nineteen ninety nine. Right. Do you remember where you were at New Year's Eve nineteen no. ninety nine? I don't know.
3: Ninety nine, yeah, it was Y two K, yeah I do. I was at my grandparents in Pennsylvania. Okay. Wait waiting for that ball. That was Y two K drop, right? Yeah? yeah,
2: yeah, I have no recollection. Okay, cool. So you're you're about halfway there with me. So <laughs> I know exactly where I was at. I was at that point in time renting a room on the corner of Broadway and Eager in East Baltimore in an abandoned house from this crackhead named Slim who kind of took over the house and we'd pay him ten bucks a night. I'm shitting and I'm pissing into a bucket and. It's freezing out and Y2K is about to hit. So me and the two people I'm sharing that room with, uh, Caleb and Alexia, we each get uh, pillowcases and we have a crowbar and we're standing outside of the Rite Aid in East Baltimore because just at 12.01 the when the power goes out we're gonna rob it <laughs> and hit the pharmacy of okay, all yeah, these yeah. and it's gonna Ready. be like I've hit the mega millions yeah. it didn't happen no, I went I to do. rehab the very following morning <laughs> oh that's my how my brain God. so you asking me a timelines like fuck <laughs> I was
0: just trying to like put it in my own perspective of like cause I remember when I was we were getting like I was like obsessed with all of this stuff like my life was skateboarding and, and watching skate videos and it was like I remember the first I think it was the first skate video I ever saw was the Baker 2G video yeah and then after that, it was the flip sorry videos uh-huh. and all yeah. those videos and the piss drunk dudes, yeah, yeah. And Ali Vlala, and these guys were just hammered, smashed. Dude, I remember all one the time
2: the piss drunk guys. All oh, my, they're all good people, and, and the majority of them are sober today. Yeah, they're almost all sober now. <laughs> Dude, Bulala
0: <laughs> had a pretty tragic yeah, story. Yeah, 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 he the, just came out sucks. with a
2: pretty rad documentary. I have not yeah, seen, I'm but solid. I've seen pieces of it. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I love Ali. Sick, He's a great man. guy. It's pretty cool. Shout out Sad to Ali. Sad story, but super cool. But they came through, and my very first tattoo of all my tattoos and I'm pretty covered is this one right here and it says no more fucking heroin. Uh huh. <laughs> and yeah. it was I didn't get it like it was I got it but it wasn't by my design it was when Bam brought Yeah it was me- in the video wasn't it? Yeah I yeah. think we talked about it yeah. and I. I couldn't stop getting high, and, and he was doing the best that he had with what he could do. And, and he's like, the next time you get high, we're going to get you a tattoo, and it's going to say no more fucking heroin. The next time you want to get high, I want you to look at this tattoo, and it's going to stop you. Yeah, of course that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, you fast forward, I didn't get sober till 2015, so you could do the math. I know that timeline. It's yeah. fucked. Oh, my God. But... Um, That was my very first tattoo, and the Piss Drunk guys came shortly thereafter, and Andrew and Ollie, they were like, dude, raddest tattoo ever. You're coming on tour with us. Bam's like, no, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, that was so
0: ingrained in the culture, too. It was just like, for me being, I was like probably 16 years old, watching these guys just get hammered and fucking jump down 20 stairs was like... Inconceivable to me. And then there was that kid Knox Godoy. He uh-huh. was like 15, super young. He was Amazon, like drinking yeah. 40s and like, oh, like where's he at today? I have no idea. I, I heard saw that some. He's still
3: skating, I think. But it's crazy to see him grown up. I remember I him really the Baker him as a 2G, tiny kid.
0: Yeah, I remember him from the <laughs> Baker 2G video, like, screaming at the camera, like, cussing at the camera. And then just, like, the camera yeah, was like him. And then he jumps down, like, a 12 stair or something.
2: I love watching the transition because I always wondered, like, how's Andrew going to carry it? Like, he was the piss drunk guy. Yeah. And that was some of the rat. For me, my favorite style of skating and still always will be. Yeah. Um, him getting sober, like, and, and still that being like the, the pinnacle of everything for the Baker at the point in time, how's that going to transition? And he did it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't like, oh, sober, this isn't the way to go. He just let like the newer, younger crew kind right. of forge and just their let own a path. And still show for it yeah. too, Straight you know? up. And if that's, like, your, deal, that's that. your deal, that's your deal. Yeah. And that's what skateboarding is it's individuality. Mm-hmm. Individuality yeah, with like kind of a. I actually really, you know give all credit to who I am today, the life that I live as a direct result of skateboarding, right? Like skateboard with my sobriety, with my work ethics, with what I've been blessed to create. And it's, you know, failure is not an option and no is unacceptable. And think about that. A skater will try a trick for days, weeks, months, years. Yeah. Same trick. Over and over and over. And that's literally how I've got to where I'm at today. Dude, and how old are you now?
0: Forty-four. And I just You still, still rip, dude. I was looking at your Instagram. You're Check this out. Yeah, you're I am putting that's this. Good.
2: I'm gonna post this in a couple days, but I'm gonna give you a sneak peek. I'm so stoked on this trick, dude. Check this bad boy out. It's worth like it.
1: Oh Oh, shit! That was sick, dude. dude.
2: That I I fought with that thing for a minute. Where's it? Where's that at? My buddy's mini ramp in Baltimore, four ten skate company. Matt Martin, sick man, and it's just a sick ramp. Was it switch five zero? No, it's uh, it's just uh. It's just a frontside 180, like, fakie nose grind, and then bring it in forward. Very, like, Bob Bernquist kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Hell, yeah. I love that, man. Love the mini ramp. But, dude, skateboarding is, like, I, I just realized, you would have thought that I, I came to this realization years ago when I did it, like, full-time for a living. That, But I didn't. I didn't realize it until I just put a part out not too long ago, and you know, I'm 44, my my brain says that I'm like 16, my body says I'm like 99 mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I feel that. and I'm trying this trick and I'm trying and I'm trying and I can't make it and I'm like so angry, I think I sprained my ankle, I'm like throwing my board and and I walk away and I don't get it but it dawned on me like this is why I love it. While trying that trick, being filled with just frustration and, and negativity because I couldn't land it, um, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It shut this off. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't right. thinking Nothing about else. her, him, it. Like I was in the moment. Yeah, like in it, in it, in mm-hmm. it, in it. And I fucking that's the best. Spent a lot of money, went a lot of places, and and hung out with a lot of women trying to fulfill <laughs> that void. <laughs> yeah, and right. and skateboarding and I did I realized that at 43 like so like think about it it's so everyone tries I I think I mean I really try to be in the moment Mm -hmm. and it's fucking difficult no
3: doubt
0: yeah man that's therapeutic yeah to do that and you can see I mean even with Bam you can see on his Instagram now that he seems like he's skating more and I don't know anything about you know, him or what he's doing, but it seems like he's got like his head his shit together more that he's actually like trying stuff now and like skating and landing shit and posting it on his Instagram and he's getting, yeah. It's more of that like
2: positive reinforcement. It is. It's it's so good for the mental health. It is. Um and that's how I can tell when anyone in the skateboarding world is doing good or bad, you know, yeah, you whether they're actually skating, not just like, yeah. you know, shoot a photo of me posing this trick, you yeah. can see that. But like, mm. and that's really with it comes back to the everything. Um, it's the behaviors, right? Alcoholism, addiction, um, shopping, gambling, food, porn. Sex, that's that's the solution to the underlining cause and condition, the real root of the problem. The behaviors lead to those endings or solutions or narratives, if you will. So, you know, I, I can tell by someone's behavior change or lack thereof where they're really at. So uh, understanding that, I really don't need to hear much about what, what you have to say, honestly, Yeah. as long as I just sit back and kind of... And as a direct result of this spiritual experience that I have had, I'm like insanely hypersensitive. I'm aware I'm alert and attentive of my surroundings. Too much so like hypersensitive,
0: like, (laughs) fuck. Is it hard for you to get through life being sober and not do, I mean, you've said it a million times that you just love drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Is it hard for you to stay away from it? Do you think about it? Or is it kind of like, no, you've sort of like hit a switch and now it doesn't really
2: bother you? Uh, Dude, I, I... I've had this like profound experience uh, of this spiritual experience. And the, the definition of a spiritual experience is simply a psychic change. Meaning that I, Brandon Novak today, no longer look at things how I did then during the CKY's, the Viva La Bams, the Jackasses. Um, and, and what that looks like for me is that without trying to get all like fucking zen on everything here, my, my poison has become my medicine. Right? And I am like completely free from the chains of bondage of addiction and alcoholism. Uh, I poison being sobriety, just being like. <laughs> Yes, but in a way of like it's so consumed to me that not only does it like save my life on a daily basis, it allows me um, the ability to get through to so many others. Yeah, where generally they we build this really high, deep, thick, unpenetratable wall because the demographic or wheelhouse for which I'm most or widely known is simply addicts and alcoholics. And what are we? Defiant by nature, hate authority, refuse to conform. Mm. Right? Because we possess this job that consists of knowing everything. So when you suggest what I should do to potentially save my life, I suggest why you should fuck off. Right. (laughs) Because I know. And because of my story being so widely viewed, read, you know, publicized in the public format, there's depth and weight. You know, there's experience, hard-won experience that's earned me a position of of understanding as opposed to being understood. So when I have the ability to work with somebody, they know that, like, I get it. Like, I, I understand it. I'm great at playing devil's advocate. And the beautiful thing about it is my life is just as, maybe if not more, consumed by drugs and alcohol today But the only difference is I don't use them and it provides me an amazing, beautiful, blessed life. Yeah. It I mean, makes no sense anywhere else ironic, in the world. Huh? Yeah. And it, it, it's nothing shy of a miracle and magical that only makes sense within the sober community of what at one point in time I looked at as like this fucking cult. Like mm. I wasn't buying what you're selling i'm not drinking your kool-aid i'm not fucking like dude i i I love life and i don't want to live mine sitting in some weird church basement with these weird old people yeah and i'm like dude then i you know for me the pain had just become so great Uh, a whole lot of things aligned to where um i was willing to do the unthinkable which was like maybe conceive to my innermost personal self that like you know what i do know Is that I don't fucking know. Because prior to that date, my resume stated that I did know some shit because I had done some things. (laughs) So, is this such a mind fuck? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, how do I go from like being a pretty successful guy by an outsider's perspective to the reality of understanding that the very best of my thinking places me in a position where I'm walking into my 13th inpatient treatment center? and I'm standing in the basement with this weird 19-year-old boy as he's thumbing through a donations box looking for for some used underwear. And I'm praying to God that he finds him. How the fuck did I get here? (laughs) One and one was not equal in two, boys. It didn't (laughs) add up, man. (laughs) But but what I didn't realize then, because I was so consumed by the mess that I was incapable of seeing the message, that that day that I thought was the worst day of my life, true story has literally turned out to be the best day of my life. Mm. Like that, that day, and I've had some really rad days in my life. I've done some of the most amazing things, even under the influence that I would never take back. Um, but that day, legit, standing in my 13th rehab, uh, a Catholic charities facility that cost me $2 to get into. I walked in with the clothes on my back, literally tied on by a shoestring. Everything I owned consisted of eight scarves, two jackets, three socks, a stick of deodorant. It fit into this bag that doubled as my pillow, a needle, a spoon, and a restraining order. That's all that I owned. Legit. And a passport, (laughs) oddly enough. (laughs) Um, And I'm in the basement with this 19-year-old kid, and he's thumbing through these donation boxes looking for some used underwear for me. And I'm, I'm like... Praying to God that he finds them and he does not find them. But what he does find is a pair of size 40 women's sweatpants with no drawstring, a a woman's tank top and a pair of size 13 Jesus sandals. right. That's two. a hell of a fit right there, bro. <laughs> yeah.
1: that, that's like
2: Florida's finest, <laughs> yeah, man. No disrespect, real. which is why I love Florida. Yeah, man. Right you just get in where you fit in <laughs> here. Yeah, but yeah. It's just some big Von I've zippers. I've seen that I fit did before, man. Aces. <laughs> I, God bless Florida, man. But at the time, I, I was like, dude. Like, I go from like skateboarder, jackass, viva of bam, you know, a... a, 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 a New York Times author like, who's done some shit, man, yeah, and I'm in this basement with this weird boy fucking handing me women's clothes. And, like, how? What I didn't happened? even con- <laughs> And my father was like, "You know what I mean? Like yeah. I should have known. look, I didn't end up in, in addiction. It's funny. I didn't end up in addiction because I took the short bus to school. right? Quite the contrary. I ended up in addiction because I was too smart for my own goddamn good. And every time I'd land in, in, a, in a psychiatrist's office, a doctor's office, a, a treatment center, a 12-step program in a seat that had the ability to save my life, I would outthink myself right out of it. I'd seen me do it so many times. And it's funny because quite the contrary, and I just, this just dawned on me, I didn't end up in recovery until I took the short bus to that meeting. I literally had to dumb my way into sobriety. <laughs> wow straight up you know you had a, a
0: really unique like your perspective had to have been so much different than everyone else like you were kind of unique in this sense because you it was almost like during CKY and Jackass and Beaver La Bam and all that stuff you had one foot in this crazy fucking world with Bam and like the spotlight being the on national to kingdom, TV mm-hmm. for and, sure and then you
2: had another foot in this fucking just hell dude I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out and it's really ironic because shameless plug here but the book that i was just telling you about that i did the audio the audio version for the narration for the audio version the streets of baltimore it really chronicalizes that whole thought process of knowing that like that was a you know because no matter how amazing and beautiful the experience was and how much I loved it and wanted to take advantage of it, I knew, I knew that it was only a matter of time before I burnt it to the ground as a direct result of my addiction because like I was unable to control, you know, it. When I am drinking and drugging, I lose the pleasure of having a say so in any matter anymore. And, and I didn't understand it then. Mm-hmm. But right, right, my, my book is all, I mean, my life is all in retrospect. Live forward and learn backwards. Right. So now when I had written that book, after I had made it through that, I could like really see the reality of my situation. And truth be told, the reason why I ended up in those positions for so long is because I refused. I refused to give uh, addiction or alcoholism and or recovery the time, attention or respect that it deserved. Right, because I knew you know what I mean like come on like I wanted what you had but I wasn't really do it, willing to do what you suggested in order to obtain this mm. this new life that you have there has to be a, a quicker easier way for me to get there right <laughs> right. has right. gotta be an easier way <laughs> <Yeah>. than this yeah <laughs> right I was just too smart yeah. for my own good I swear mm. to god I always say my life for fucking like 18 years was basically me rearranging the furniture on the Titanic <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that 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 could just be this whole podcast you knew it was going down <laughs> but, I, but i always with the best intentions like right if i just put this here and you come here and she goes there and me marry right. like it's gonna be different oh my god and i believed it i really believed it and then i'd wake up tomorrow right the behaviors i'd wake up tomorrow and repeat yesterday's actions and i'm stuck in groundhog's day for like another 10 years hmm. whoa like that was legit it what the fuck is that ALF? I can't get over that ALF tattoo. It keeps drawing me to it. <laughs> Dude, so do you What's know- the story behind that? Do you know, <laughs> there is a story behind it. <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> the creator of ALF, you're a fan of ALF, you remember? I, I, oh yeah, I remember. Um, the creator of ALF, Michael, I think is his name, Michael something, look it up. Yeah, I remember. Um, there's a book written about it called Permanent Midnight, which they then made a movie about it, and Ben Stiller plays him. But he was a strung out heroin and crack addict while developing the treatment plan of ALF, which makes sense if you think about it. This weird, watch the movie or read the book. It's one of the most amazing things I ever read, and Ben oh, Stiller gigantic. plays it and plays a great drug addict. He played oh wow, dude! I had no dude, fucking and, clue. And, that and he he was explains like, a lot. Was he, he was like an alien from, from Mac, f- yeah, and he yeah, lived yeah, that's all, it all stood day. For. He,
3: alien life form. That's what. Alf and stood all from. he oh.
2: did was just like try to eat the cat. The family. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: was such a weird show. That was when I was really young. If you watch, the, show. read the
2: book, or watch the document, the, the movie, it makes complete sense. Oh my God. So I ended up, at, that's not why I got this though. <laughs> oh, uh, <okay. laughs> I wish well, I was a that good, smart. <laughs> it's it, it just aligned. But I was at this tattoo convention and they're like, yo, we'll pay you to get a tattoo. I was a judge or something. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. And I think maybe Bam came up with the idea for Alf. And I'm like, all right, so I get the tattoo. And then these chicks come up like, we have some blow. You want to come? And I'm like, yeah. So we go out to the parking lot and the security follows. People are following. I'm in the car doing this blow. And because I breached my contract, they never paid me <laughs> for oh. the, the convention or the tattoo that I was supposed to get. You breached your contract for doing blow? But for leaving. But for leaving. And, oh, and like oh. avoiding my responsibilities of being a judge because yeah. chicks had cocaine. And that was way more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can't blame yourself for that.
0: Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Verso. We all know how important it is to get the right amount of nutrition, exercise, and sleep as we age. It's something I'm really passionate about and have discussed at length with doctors and nutritional scientists on this podcast. That is why I use Verso. Verso is a company dedicated into translating scientific breakthroughs into products that hold the potential to increase longevity. I take cell being every day to help combat aging by increasing my NAD levels with powerful ingredients such as NMN, resveratrol, and TMG. NAD plus is arguably one of the most powerful molecules in the body, but declines with age. Keeping NAD plus levels high helps guide longevity genes called sirtuins. Sirtuins are called longevity genes because by activating them they support overall health and slow down aging related effects by regulating important processes inside of cells. High NAD levels can improve your metabolism, repair damaged DNA, and ramp up energy production in your brain, immune system, and muscles. Now you can't take NAD as a supplement because it's too big for the cells to absorb. But NMN directly converts to NAD while resveratrol activates your sirtuins, which increases their attraction for NAD. These two molecules act synergistically and increase your NAD+, plus more than just NMN on its own. Verso also publishes third-party testing from each batch produced to absolutely guarantee you're getting what you pay for. Head on over to ver.so and use the coupon code DANNY, it's spelled D-A-N-N-Y, to save 15% off your entire order, or just go to ver.so forward slash DANNY. Back to the show. What was it like during like the heyday of obviously the CKY videos were the first, but that didn't really like that that kind of kicked off or Viva La Bam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it like in the heyday of filming that shit? And like, I know I heard I heard his interview on that guy Cowhead the other day, and he was talking about like all the money they had and just like every week they had an insane budget and like flying all over the world and just coming up with the craziest shit ever. It sounded like it was too good to be true yeah. for you guys. Yeah.
2: It was really um it was intimidating for me, very overwhelming because the very said, first it was like
0: 300 grand a week or something I think.
2: Yeah, MTV's budget was just it was stupid. It was stupid. But the very first episode that I appeared in was um where they demolished Don Vito's house and they like threw <laughs> trash through the the window uh, Classic. It, it just like really demolished it and I had just gotten off a of Bus from Baltimore. And at this point, I'm like, clean, but by force, not by choice. Yeah. And I, I've burnt all my options there. And I'm living in this like halfway house. I'm like the only white kid in this halfway house. And it's in the hood. Mm-hmm. And and I was really just so confused about me and who I was. Like, I had no idea or self-confidence. It's got to be
3: a weird situation to be in.
2: And then I'm thrusted to there. I show yeah. up, it's this whole set. There's the cast. There's yeah. just
3: Shit everywhere, money, money everywhere. Money,
2: filming, and all these professionals. And Bam's like the man. And I remember him as being this like little skate rat. And, and I wanted to be a part of it. And I knew Dunn from then. I yeah. knew Rab. I, I knew all those guys but not in this light and they like wanted me to be a part of it but i was just like such an out i was at that point in time i was just such a stranger in my own skin trying to figure out who the fuck let me in and why Mm. and all i wanted was a release which was like to get high and and that wasn't allowed so it was just this struggle yeah um and and then the the producers they didn't really want me in it because i just was like this odd like person that mm-hmm. didn't really fit their storylines, but Bam kept insisting that I right. be in it. And again, we talk about all this in the streets of Baltimore. We're really getting to the thick of it. But um he would like write me in scenes and then they'd cut me out when it made the editing and just wouldn't and and that makes me even more depressed and like yeah. just, just this weird little redheaded stepchild that no one was accepting on their end. Like Bam and Rab and Rake and and Dunn and all those, they love me. Mm-hmm. But um and then finally I'll never forget it the one day broke where like I, I said something and it was like comical gold and they all darted started laughing and, and the cast the crew and like it was like the best day you of my life and, yeah. I, and right there and then so that paired with the fact that I was Bam's best friend and and I could do no wrong, right? And now at this point, I was allowed to drink and and do blow, but I couldn't do like any downers because then like that's not cool. I'd steal your wallet. Uppers are good. You're yeah, good. that's so so acceptable. And like life of the party. When I'm oh, doing man. downers, I'm gonna steal your shit. I'm gonna lie. <laughs> I'm gonna disappear to Baltimore for like weeks. I'll possibly die in your living room. It's kind of frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But um. throughout this time I'm starting to kind of feel who I am a little bit more direction I spent more time there and um, I'm kind of just finding my way and but I'm just becoming such a major pain in the ass to the production team because like Bam would want me to do funny shit. They couldn't control me because I wasn't on payroll. I'm Bam's best friend. She's He's never. Care, yeah, I'm careless. like fuck you. Like I like, yeah. walk out like naked with a hard on jerking off. If that's what like you I had did. Never no used to scene. any of those guys, but Bam just brought you along, so they had to deal with it Yes. You. <laughs> so, but it's funny. I I say this one line, and it was during uh, one of the episodes, and and we do this thing, and it's called like Maniac Pool, and it's me, Dun, Rab. Uh, Ray Rake might be in there, Deco, and we're just like it's a mosh pit, but playing pool, and they're all getting ready to fly to Europe. And uh, and they ask me if I could go, and I'm like, I can't. I have warrants, <laughs> and and everyone just starts dying. But it was really the truth at the time. Yeah. So the producer lady, I'm not gonna say her name, she pulls me aside after, and she's like, Look, Novak, it's inevitable that like y- you're now gonna become a, a a character on this show, but we can't control you. So. We're going to pay you. And now that we pay you, you have to listen to us. <laughs> and I'm like, deal. Yeah, 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 perfect. <laughs> but again, most people will be like, wow, that's a really smart strategy to yeah. end up on the payroll and make a living out of this. No, I just yeah. dumb my way into that, oh, <laughs> which yeah. is Mark. anything good in my life really today. It's just like not done you know by my doings (laughs) where were you guys when
0: uh there's a story where bam was like you're like i need some money and bam's like go shove a rock
2: up your ass and i'll pay you yeah that was in europe that was in europe that was in europe that was that that, you know that paired with many other things that i had shoved up my my uh, anus for a lot of years while traveling to to you know Get under the radar of police, not detecting what I was trying to consume, mm-hmm. which were narcotics, um, ultimately led to me having like this hemorrhoid surgery because, like, mm. my, my, I just blew my. Anus out. <laughs> I, I, I say a lot of things, terms. and even saying that, I'm like, dude, this just uh, it just rolling off the tongue wrong.
0: <laughs> it's not
3: I, don't think for.
0: I don't think there's a more self-deprecating
2: thing you can say about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it's it's one of those magical things. Name to me another. Male who's not a homosexual who's had his anus blown out. Right. Not many fit Who that... Who brags about it on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could
3: you know, be 101.
2: I, it, it's all perspective. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got the most use out of it. I did. Um, and, but again, these are, right, and the reason why, because this this generally wouldn't be stuff that I'd want to like really like focus on because I'm, I'm a, a very changed, different man today. But all perspective these are the things that i personally enjoy talking about because it gives depth and weight to the right. story the 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 transformation that's taken place is a direct result of me kind of you know reaching out and asking for help which is what i'm all about today is helping people who are where i once was mm. so you know those defects have become my assets right that poison has become my medicine that i can now share with countless others um. So it's given me purpose. It's given me drive. It's given me meaning. It's it's given me love. Right. It's taught me compassion, empathy, sympathy. Um. And it all spawned from skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Really did. So you
0: guys were in Europe when that happened. Yeah. And then did, didn't you have to go to the hospital after mm-hmm. that? I did. I went to the hospital because you guys were on. Oh, you. Oh, that was when he had the band, right? uh-huh Fuckface the Fuck unstoppable. Face Unstoppable yeah, yeah, yeah. which
2: I was I was the most important person in the band but I, I didn't even play any musical instruments I wasn't even in the band <laughs> again being his best friend traveling his kind of form of entertainment uh, he used to say I was like his walking television <laughs> they they couldn't really like kick me off the tour yeah until and and, yeah and then they put me on the tour like opening for them as Pill Collins there's a whole other thing <laughs> so then I, I had some relevance to uh, the tour at that point uh, but we have all that footage so again all of that footage we have and uh, you know, I have a documentary that will be coming out that unbeknownst to me simply. or us has been in production mm. since the CKY days so that's like really? 20 right. some I years you have we have the actual real time footage, footage. footage so everything that I'm talking about for the majority of this episode we have the actual footage too Oh wow. And um so cool. We, we you know, I'm I we are putting it out so we have complete creative control. Um it's in production editing now. Joe Franz, who filmed the CKYs, yeah, he's doing this project is, with is me. Is he really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Dude. So when we're done, like then we'll look at how we're going to uh you know, the avenues in which to, to release it. Where where so, so where do
0: you live right now? Philadelphia.
2: Oh, you live in Philly right now. Yeah. And Joe's still there? Yeah, he's
0: still there. Wow, dude! I was watching um, this morning. I was like reminiscing a little bit, watching one of the old CKY videos. And I watched this scene where you guys were playing poker. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and Deco takes your cross, and uh, he's like,
0: "What well, did your grandmother give you this?" And that—that that
2: <laughs> was right around the. Could, if you remember that, uh, you, you maybe uh, you couldn't you tell, but like I up. was so uncomfortable. Like I, I come out of Baltimore, I have this big gold. Like that was mm-hmm. yeah, I was just so unsure of myself. I and, just I really didn't know anything about me and that was yeah. you know, even filming that because Ben would like put me in these skits and like you guys to drinking I was, wine at a shot glass <laughs> I was still like in my mind all I wanted to do was keep doing heroin but I knew mm. that it wasn't like sustainable and I'd burned all these bridges in Baltimore so he was like letting me live with him yeah so although physically I was there doing what a lot of people would think was really rad shit. In my mind, mentally, all I was obsessing about was how can I get back to Baltimore to get heroin? Oh, yeah. Wow, dude. It's insane looking back, but that's literally where I was at during that scene. I, I could have gave a fuck less about that. I just, I, I, I wanted to get back to Baltimore to get heroin, but without any repercussions, which was impossible. So I was like in this weird purgatory state and that lasted for the better part of like a lot of years. God
0: damn. What was the worst shit you ever saw like on the streets trying to score smack? Dude,
2: there was just a lot of things that uh that that I wouldn't recommend or suggest anybody ever have to witness. And really what it was is just the pain that our loved ones received as a direct result, right? Because they get the they get the short end of the stick. They get like the addiction except They get everything that comes with addiction except for the physical act of drinking or drugging, which Mm -hmm. allows you to escape reality. And it's kind of like this, okay, they get like the pain, the death, the destruction, the the heartbreak, Mm -hmm. the heartache. And that to me was, you know, watching my mother like just have to close. We had this big glass door and I went home one day and a common theme in my stories is that locks stop working right like mm-hmm. i put the key in it doesn't work and she's just there crying 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 and she said Brandon i can't i can no longer allow you to live here i will no longer love you to death you have to go and and i'm like you're my mother and 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 it's so sick but i would take it to like you allowed my father to do this for years if it wasn't for my dad i wouldn't be the way that i was you know i'm really projecting this evil vile stuff that is not true um and and that's to me the worst shit. Now to viewers are like, "Oh wow, your mom's crying. That's not that sad of a thing." I've seen like the the stabbings. I've seen the shootings. I've seen like babies in crack houses. You know, it's mm. it's, it's just but at that point in time, it's just kind of like par for the course. It's a Monday morning. Yeah. That's stuff you see every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the stuff that sticks with me. What sticks with me is uh you know, My mother literally praying to God that that I die, legit, just because then she could finally have a peace of mind knowing that I was safe once and for all. She told you that? Yeah. She bought me a plot. I have a plot waiting, legit, which is for sale now. (laughs) <laughs> so if anyone out here would like to purchase this plot, which is in Baltimore, the, the, the proceeds from said plot will go to the scholarship foundation that I've created, which provides uh, sober living for any man in need. I refuse to let price be a deterrent as to why someone can't follow through with sobriety after completing an inpatient program. Wow, dude! But yeah, like God thats, that's
0: fucking dark. That's man. where that it might went be the for me.
2: Fuck, most fucked up thing I've ever heard on here. And to me, that's just like pretty. Is like yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Have you ever
0: have you ever watched the, that YouTube channel, Soft White Underbelly? I've heard dude never watched it's this dude Mark Leiter who's a photographer who lives on in LA but he bought a studio a fo- photo studio in Skid Row and then he was just constantly surrounded by all these pimps and prostitutes and crackheads and like the most fucked up human beings on earth one dude had like half of his face blown off by a shotgun over like a crack deal gone wrong and like he just started bringing them into his studio and talking to them and like asking them about their lives and it is it is gut wrenching to watch some of those interviews, bro. I mean, and and he says like the the number one. I don't know if it's true for like you or the people that you were around, but he says out of all the people he interviewed, the number one common denominator is like fucked up
2: childhoods and like fucked up parenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's the thing, right? Like the 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 byproduct, the thing that gets our attention is the the skid row drug addict crackhead. That, yeah. but if you look beyond that you know past the thing that we're seeing the solution to the real problem there's there's some kind of traumatic experience that took place within that individual's life right and that's what's so important with with getting i'm a big fan of of treatment um you know i I don't trust anyone that doesn't seek outside advice or counsel through some form of therapy Mm -hmm. personally um and i'm a big fan of 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 helping someone find an appropriate program that fits their, their diagnosis. Because what happens is then say, uh, you know, that bottle of wine is my, my, my addiction, right? And, Mm -hmm. and you, I put it down. If I just simply sit this thing down and that's all I've done, it's not a matter of if I pick it back up, but when I will pick it back up why because that's not the problem that's the solution the same alcoholic will drink again why wouldn't I just pick that back up so if I can get someone into an appropriate program and create a big enough gap between me and the last time I've picked up my solution then we can get to the root of the cause we can uncover what the problem is in order to discover what the problem is if there's any hopes to recover from the problem Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people don't even fucking know what the problem is it's never been uncovered right right it's so buried yeah so ignorance is bliss why wouldn't i fucking smoke crack on skid row and have half my face blown off like what right. What? foolish you for thinking that there's something wrong with my story right straight right. up yeah. yeah man like that's the disconnection from reality is is mind-blowing yeah, I liked what your quote was. You said,
0: uh, I forget, I think it was on Bird's podcast. You said, uh, I'm a big fan
2: of hard times. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, you know, there has to be some repercussions from the actions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I was always, I, I was very grateful to have been surrounded by really good people in, in my new way of life that I'm on and journey. And they would instill these things in me, like, you never get between an alcoholic and their bottom. hmm Right? And, and uh, there has to be some repercussions from their actions, or else why would I stop? Right? Why? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. I, me person, but that's the fucked up convoluted thing about alcoholism and addiction is it's, it's, it, which is why it looks like we're fighting this really unwinning battle if you look at the analytics if you look at the statistics the cold hard fucking data collected from whatever they're you know pooling this from it states that I a person in recovery uh, am, or uh, an addict or alcoholic should be high or dead right now the fact that I'm not is A, miraculous, equally a miracle, and B, it defies logic. Um, it looks like we are fighting an unwinning battle. But if you ask my mother, she'll tell you different. Because, like, I'm not in that plot that she bought me years ago. Mm. So I work with the DEA now, <laughs> which
1: is pretty <laughs> fucking insane. Wow. But,
2: um, the DEA came to me. I didn't go to the DEA. The DEA came to me, and they said, "Look, Novak, we understand that we cannot arrest. Uh, we understand that we cannot arrest our way out of this problem anymore, right?" Um, wow, well, took them long enough, right? Sure. Yeah, and where you been, and, man? <laughs> <laughs> War on drugs. And uh, the just say no thing didn't work, shocker. Mm-hmm. But um, they said we understand that we can no longer recognize, you know, arrest our way out of this problem. We are going to create this thing called the Opioid Summit, the 360-degree Opioid Summit. And we're going to have it in every state. The DEA is the DEA, but under that umbrella are all these different factions of the DEA. It's like the VA, right? Mm -hmm. The VA is the VA, but then you have all these other VAs in different states, Mm -hmm. and they're all kind of ran differently. They're not under the same guidelines or, and uh, the DEA is very similar. So what they did was they brought me on to be this, uh, the speaker, the keynote speaker for these uh, events that they throw because they want to try to, you know, instill change in the approach uh, that they're headed in with addiction and, and the crisis that we're in. So, they interviewed Pablo Escobar and they were telling me about this. They said, we went to Pablo and they said, um, how do we stop the supply? How do we stop the supply? And Pablo looked at them at real matter of fact, nonchalant, didn't even blink his eye. He said, you stop the supply by stopping the demand. Right. So simple, so right. simple oh, yeah. that most miss that. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you is me being a person who's coming up on nine years sober, I've literally spent the majority of every living breath in my body coming up with ways to, to find as much money to consume as much heroin into my arm as possible for a lot of years. And the fact that I'm no longer living that way, just me as one human in the 7.3 billion people in the world, I've stopped just myself uh, a lot of the demand just me right mm. so so when someone took the time to help me what happened was i accepted the help now i help another two turn into four four turn into eight eight turn into 16 and before you know it the narrative is changing meaning that the outcome is changing mm. so that's the approach that uh you know but if you look at the numbers we're losing this battle
0: yeah well I mean doesn't isn't like I don't believe it isn't the pharmaceutical industry one of the biggest problems with this too it's so disgusting I mean we're the only country in the world besides uh, we're not even half as bad as New New Zealand but they're the only other country that allows advertising of pharmaceutical drugs on television and everywhere else and like even with those recent documentaries that came out the painkiller documentary and then the Purdue Pharma Mm -hmm. all that shit is like
2: that. I mean you want to talk about a cartel Uh, yeah it's it's insane. Um, I, I, they are, as a complete fact to my belief, they are worse drug dealers than the guys out here on the corner mm-hmm. that are just like legit selling whatever they're selling. Yeah, like, no those those are the the real gangsters. Yeah,
0: but if you could stop, if you could stop those companies. Being able to make so much goddamn money and skirt so much regulation and like being literally mm-hmm. in lockstep with lobbying fucking politicians mm. to be so able to deep. get away with so whatever they want. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that that seems to me like the lowest hanging fruit to the problem. Right?
2: So I well yeah, but it's just so complex, yeah. so so convoluted, mm-hmm. so layered. That my feeble mind doesn't see a solution to that. But yeah. what I can wrap my head around, what I can conceive is like helping another individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two turn you into four, four can. turn into eight, eight turn into 16. The, the narrative changes because the, the demand is stopping. The supply is no longer needed. The mm. outcome is, fuck, like I'm cool. I don't even, uh, I, I, I'm i not interested in what you're selling. That's That's my outlook on mm. a grim situation that I can wrap my head around and really believe things will change over do you do you know anything about um the program they have in
0: i forget what country it is right now i want to say it's like finland or something where they actually made heroin legal to where like if you have a problem with heroin like a doctor will work with you and like titrate down your dose and they'll you can actually go to the doctor to get your heroin like make sure it's clean and make sure you don't you know get any infections or whatever. And then they slowly work with you and try to wean you off, like
2: under medical supervision. I'm a big fan of that approach. I know just a little bit, not nearly enough to sit here and act as if I do. Do you think that would work here? (sighs) Here's the deal, right? In this world of harm reduction, there's no margin for error, yet it's impossible to do perfect. Yeah. No one has the fucking answer. Right. If we did, we bottle it, we sell it, we'd be a billionaire a billion mm-hmm. times over. I believe and I want to hope within my heart of hearts that we're we're all coming to this with the most sincerest of intentions and we want the best outcome. I really want to believe that. Probably not true, but that's what I choose to believe. And um we're just doing the best with what we have and and if we all come together collectively, um and continue to not buy into which could be you know just political propaganda look at this war on drugs that you're fighting that you're never going to win yeah you know that just deepens certain parties pockets for sure right right you know if you don't buy into that narrative and and just stay in this for the right reason like the right outcome will prevail mm. um i i'm a big they, they were going to open the first safe injection site in philadelphia um, and I, I don't know where because they have those, but like in PA, I think the first one was going to be in the oh, city really? of Philadelphia. And it was this close to being passed. And at the midnight hour, they pulled it. Really? And, uh, and some of the arguments were, you know, well, what if my son walks past there and, and he sees them in there injecting? Because, same thing, they were going to have doctors in there, they were going to have uh, people administering, uh, fentanyl test kits to see if there's fentanyl a very safe space for which you can inject your drugs give you clean needles clean cookers clean water clean cottons to bring the you know the the disease uh spreading to a minimal and they said well what if my son walks past there and he sees that and then I- And then also it could be used as a portal, you know, to where like, if you're in there and you want help, here's all these resources available, let's get you from there to treatment, right? It was gonna do all this great, Mm -hmm. but then their big concern was like, well, what if my girl, what if my son, what if my daughter? And my thought to that was the majority of the men and women that are in there doing that don't wanna be in there doing that, right? Like my mother, Eighty-three. God bless her soul is never going to walk past a safe injection site and see some guy with a needle hanging out of his arm and be like, that looks pretty fucking fun. Right? <laughs> like that's yeah, not how real, right? generally that's not how it works. <laughs> right. But then fuck it. I'll just say it like being a, a an owner of, of properties. I wouldn't want it next to my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're really going to be sincere, would you mind? you know right. it, but who's this i mean I, I would give up my property value in order to save countless people for sure but my very first thought was like no you don't want to I love to it but so I love it over there yeah exactly the exactly. truth yeah. be told yeah so it's like yeah what what you don't see doesn't affect you right yeah but again i just uh i believe in miracles because i am a walking talking miracle and i know a lot of real life miracles that are amongst us all day and night. Um, So I'll continue to fight this, what a lot of others would say, unwitting battle. Yeah. What, what do you think about like all the fentanyl and shit being trafficked over here and mixed with everything like in cocaine and, so that's and insane heroin. too i, I was, had a big talk with the dea i just did an event with them the dea and, and i asked them about that and they talked to me they said cocaine is making a very big comeback not crack but cocaine they're seeing tons of cocaine again yeah methamphetamine obviously which is kind of known um and they said what happened is because they banned China from being able to export the the the, the ingredients that it takes to make fentanyl, right? Like they, they really put a safeguard on on shutting that down. As best as they could do. But what's happening now is remember like when they were making the backyard meth, like in a bathroom in a little like soda yeah. bottle can? They're doing the same thing here with fentanyl, doing that. And they gave me this chocolate chip analogy. Because you have these guys in in the woods with a Home Depot bucket and a two by four mixing up fentanyl, like for real. um, And then they're putting it into whatever product they're cooking up. It's turning into this, uh, imagine you're baking a, a batch of chocolate chip cookies. Do you have the ability to control how many chocolate chips go in each design cookie? No. Same thing with fentanyl. So that's why you get a batch where one guy, you buy from the same dealer, one person might totally be fine, but the other person dies immediately. It's that whole chocolate chip right, cookie right. thing. Yeah, so, that's what. Yeah. So, so they're doing that, so that they understand. Um, so, what they're doing now, and you'll start to hear this if you pay attention. They're going to start changing the 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 narrative and the wording of it. Uh, you're not going to hear overdoses anymore. You're going to start to hear poisonings. Because I said, well, why are they putting it in cocaine? Why are they putting it in uh, Xanax? Why are they putting it in ecstasy? And they said to create that, um, what addicts call speedball effect. This holiday season, you might be looking for some delicious, nutritional
0: meals to fuel you on those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all those holiday to-dos. You can cross meal prep off your holiday list this season with Factor. Skip the planning, the grocery shopping, the cooking, chopping, cleaning, and get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered straight to your door. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, protein-plus, and more wholesome options. And factor isn't just dinner. You can count on convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55 plus add-on to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, and ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com forward slash DJP50 and use the code DJP50 to get 50% off. That's code DJP50 at factormeals.com forward slash DJP50 for 50%
2: off. It's linked below. Now back to the show. I loved speedballs. There was nothing more I loved than shooting up <laughs> heroin and cocaine at the same time, right? Yeah, you how take do you do a speedball? You just, heroin and cocaine mixed up, cook it up and shoot it okay. together in one shot, but it gets you real high and you just get this sensation, this smell, this feeling, and then it brings you like, you just stop in your tracks. Um, but it kind of produces that same effect within these kids who are going to buy a little bit of blow. Right or whatever, it, it gives you that without even knowing that you're going to get that in hopes to create this new phenomenon um, and just to help spike sales. Really, is what they're doing it for. So I'm addicted I, quicker. I yeah.
0: always thought that the fentanyl and the cocaine, because these people that are doing it are dying instantly. I right? know. So I always thought that
2: I read something about this where people, but were not getting, all are dying because the chocolate chip effect, right? So there's so many that on aren't much, dying, yeah, right. and you can't control that.
0: So I thought it was like shitty street dealers who sold heroin that you can, you mix heroin with fentanyl on purpose, right? Like, cause it's a, it's a whatever, but they're mixing it on the same table or whatever as they're mixing the cocaine. So they're accidentally getting some like, no, some side residue of some fentanyl in there. Yeah. But you
2: you think they're intentionally putting it in there. That's, that's, that's what I was told by the DEA people. And it's not, remember, the DEA is like a very big facet. It's a big organization. So it's not like they have a a speaker that speaks for them. I just talked to some people that are employed by them.
0: But if I'm selling Coke and I'm mixing with fentanyl and it's killing people, that's not good for business, right? Eh, You want your clients to die. True.
2: But then the ones that don't die are like, ah, what's this? That's like extra good. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's different. I like that high. And they go back to that person
0: can you Stephen? there's an article i don't know if you can find it but there was a recent article where the like the boss of the sinaloa cartel well, those
2: are the two main cartels that are fighting over everything this is also what they told me it's the uh-huh. sinaloa and the cjing, C-Jing? Whoever C-Jing? They, yeah, yeah, uh, those okay. are the two that are like the the ones that the are new in control generation everything yes those, yes those are the two that are That have the say so and everything,
0: so that yeah, it was the boss of the Sinaloa cartel made some sort of statement like to all of their proxies that if anybody find if they find fentanyl in any of their coke, Mm -hmm. that they're gonna like kill them on site. Or there will be there will be like massive repercussions for them. So that could very well have happened. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know the day to day workings. Yeah. <laughs> that, it that? was crazy to see that in an article to see that like the cartels are super against their shit being cut with fentanyl and they're going to be punishing people for putting fentanyl, for
2: mixing their coke with fentanyl. So then the approach to the prosecution side of this thing again, what they're doing is they're changing the verbal from overdoses to poisoning, because if I arrest you because you sold a batch of heroin or cocaine. That killed some people with fentanyl. Uh, I'm arresting you for uh, you know, possession, distribution, maybe some form of homicide first, right. second, third degree. But if I can say that you're poisoning people, the outcome of that sentencing is way Ooh. worse, way worse. Yeah. So you're going to hear less overdosing, more poisoning is how mm. that's going to start playing mm. out. Do you think you could handle fentanyl? You could handle some no, fentanyl? I would have for sure died. Really? I mean, I literally my day consisted of me coming up with as much money humanly possible to to stick a needle into my arm and ingest an arm. I mean wow. I did that like this is one of my tattoos where's my needle <laughs> I know I saw oh there it is like <laughs> that's what I did like I really did that thing and I'm not bragging by any means but that was that was how I got there. there it is what does the top say go
0: scroll down up a little bit Mexico Sinaloa cartel say gang has purportedly sworn off sales of fentanyl yeah banners appear Monday. oh wow prosecutors in Sinaloa confirmed that the banners appeared on over overpasses and near roadways but could not say whether they were authentic or who had
2: hung them up yeah or is that just a tactical play to say we're not doing it leave us alone a little bit yeah, yeah right <laughs> that
3: could easily be that yeah.
2: it's like very similar as politics right there I think. yeah <laughs> who yeah, put it out we don't like that stuff <laughs> Yeah, what side are basically a political party it in is. Mexico. It is. It's like w- w- did They'll you put see that, that on my CNN coffee? or Fox? Which which narrative are we pushing <laughs> right? out here? It's like you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very difficult uncharted territory, territory.
0: What was the story with you guys? I don't know if you're with Bam, but you were telling a story about like some Samoan tranny, some Samoan trans dude. In a hotel room,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was on the Howard Stern show, and uh, you know I had been up for several days doing cocaine, and and the Howard Stern show was done in New York at the time, mm-hmm. and um, it happens very early, like five a.m. to yeah. be in the studio, and of course the logical approach to being there at five in the morning is just to stay up and do coke all night. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to sleep. Totally. So yeah. I did that and we go in and, and the, the show came out amazing. It did really well. Like insanely high ratings. Um, And it, the ratings were like great. And um, I talked on there about wanting to get blown by a transsexual <laughs> because I was like, you know, it seemed like a great idea. It seemed like, you know... Everything would be amazing about it. That's probably what they do the majority of their experiences, you know, when they're portraying a woman is just give lots of blowjobs. They'd be great at it, whatever. They'd, be, gr- they'd be better at giving blowjobs? I think they'd be, you know, more in tune with it. Right, because they understand what it takes to get a good blowjob. And, you know, they're, they're men, you know, disguising themselves as women. Right. So obviously they're not going to fuck a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine their go-to would be oral, mm-hmm. That's my guess. And uh, so we're in Australia and we're doing a fuckface tour. And uh, one of the promoters asked if we needed anything. And, and uh, that was another tour that I got kicked off of from just being way too high and buying uh, oxycottons, And I got caught with them. But nonetheless... Bam's like, yes, we need a transsexual that's willing to <laughs> run <friend>. over, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and we get back to the hotel, and lo and behold, there's a knock at the door, and there's this transsexual and uh, the transsexual's pimp. And in my mind, what I envisioned a transsexual to look like was this very attractive woman that you know, remember that Maury show, the talk show? Mm-hmm. Is it a man or is it a woman? Remember yeah, that yeah, that yeah, talk yeah. show, like mm-hmm. how's uh, like uh, Jerry that. Springer, mm-hmm. like really good looking men that look like women and I'm, in my mind that's what it was going to be if yeah, it ever yeah. came to yeah. fruition you wouldn't even
3: be able to tell it's oh, so good yeah like, oh, dude, sh-
2: you'd be jealous for not partaking yeah, in my yeah, mind yeah. is how this was going to look if it ever You're happened lost. yeah totally yeah. and lo and behold it happened and it, it did not play out at all like I predicted it would the The transsexual was just like this like Samoan guy that didn't really look like a girl and looked like he played like a linebacker for a football <laughs> team <laughs> And there was like a pimp there and and it was just really weird and I had been on cocaine for like days and I'm like paranoid and delusional at this point. And I used to watch that T V show Cops a lot. And and I love when they would do the prostitution stings. They'd get yeah, a hotel yeah. room next an adjoining next room. Door. Right, yeah. right. And then the Set John would come in with the chick and then all of a sudden the police would barge through the door yeah, and, yeah. and I'm like Fuck! That's what's this going is gonna on. happen. This I, well, before that, everyone went into the bathroom, the pimp included. Everyone from the party, because I was, was there? At, yeah, he had to go to the Everyone had to go in the bathroom because I was engaged at the time, and I didn't want word to get oh. back to my fiance that I'm getting blown by a not only a hooker but like a transsexual. Hooker. <laughs> So uh everyone's in the bathroom so no one can see or take pictures and Wait, why what was in it for why did you agree to do it just because Well, because I was on the Howard Stern show and that's a good goddamn story to tell. Oh, okay. that I would love uh, to do that. You oh, know, okay. just like and at the time, I was like, "Yeah, whatever, sure, it'd be rad." But basically, my mouth wrote a my 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 mouth throat a check. My ass did not want to cash. Yeah, 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 yeah is what it came you down yourself to. Indeed. Yeah, you know, you're just consumed by the moment, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the energy. Oh, you're like, "I'll do it," and you're like, "No," didn't want to be a coward. <laughs> yeah, I, I I walked way too far to get out of this one. And uh, so everyone's in the bathroom and. And and I'm like delusional. I'm starting to become paranoid. I haven't slept for almost five days, and I'm believing. I sit on a chair, and and she sits on a chair, and and I I don't know what to say or do. And I'm like, if you're a cop, just arrest me now, because I am envisioning like the doors and the police. <laughs> yeah. And, she said, "I'm not a cop." She says, "Let's go to the bed." And I'm like, "Well, why would we go to the bed? There's nothing to do in the bed." Like, not, no. And, and then he, she kind of starts to crawl over and perform the acts. But I like to talk dirty, like when in yeah. that position, and and that's not really ha- my mind can't get there. And I just this is want a this. Tough one. I just want it over with so bad, so so bad. Oh. Somehow it didn't take long. It really, did, I, I I pulled it together, man. I pulled it together. I've been in uncomfortable situations before, so it's not like the fur And I've I've had uh, in, during addiction, you know, men blow me for money before, right? But that was by force. This is almost by choice in a weird roundabout right. way. Like, <laughs> like, they your friends in the yeah. bathroom and the pimp, this big pimp guy <laughs> in the bathroom. It's just i will going blow. I'm in Australia. <laughs> Oh my God. So the deed is done. They come out, and then to make matters worse, when they're leaving the hotel room, one of them swipe, bam, had this big platinum hardogram necklace that this jeweler like made and gifted him like really expensive platinum and they, they swipe that too oh, <laughs> so man. this whole thing oh, no. costs probably like it's like at least 20 grand worth uh, of just uh, adding the cost of the necklace <laughs> Jesus Christ dude yeah Fuck so no. the moral of the story is do not get blown by a tranny in Australia <laughs> no they don't look or like what you, you think do. they look. everyone has a king <laughs> man like, that's someone's <laughs> Not mine.
0: Oh god! But you were you were a veteran at that point, though. You knew kind of like how. Yeah. Like, is, you, is there a process for you to like get yourself out of your head when that's happening? Like, I just need this guy to blow
2: me so I can get some heroin. Like, it's it's gonna be over. Yeah, in five it, minutes. It is. It's it's just kind of like you know I, you disconnect. You know, I that's disassociate. So like, really. You know, I've, I've spent, you know, I've, I've, I've been in solitary confinement where I was locked in a cell for 23 hours a day, allowed out once an hour, one time a day for an hour, Monday through Friday in handcuffs and shackles. And, you know, I've, I've done that. I've been homeless. I've slept in abandoned houses. I've had to like piss and shit into like one of those Home Depot buckets. I've done the prostitution thing. I've, I've completely destroyed, you know, my mother's hopes and dreams to have a a safe child. Um, Yeah, I've been around the block a lot of times. So I'm pretty good at like, thank God I'm not like that now. I don't have to disassociate from anything. And I actually really appreciate and and, and am grateful for the process in which like things take place in. Um, And I'm so much in that zone now that like, when the littlest of thing like gets me off my game, like I almost like shake physically like I can tell like I'm just so disconnected from being that guy that I once was that like you know I, I'm just a, such a changed man wow dude hey whatever happened to um, Deco he's around I don't know
0: he uh, like he like disappeared everyone like wonder There's everyone speculates where he went but he just like fell off from disappeared into the yeah, darkness he was the one that I was the least closest with oh was he really yeah yeah
2: he was, he was literally the one I was the least closest with huh Do you and Bam still talk now, or are you guys still kind of on the outs? Uh, We're not speaking at the moment. Uh, I I don't have any issues. I've never been angry or, or, you know, had an issue with him. I will always love him to death. I'll always be there for him. Um, I think we were just going in two different directions for a while, so we didn't have much in common. You know, um, but I see like the yeah, you were stuff. like on the rise and he was kind of like spiraling out of control. Yeah, he, we were just we were just headed in two different directions, you know, and, and, and I don't ever come from a place of like standing on the top of this mountain preaching as if I have the answers because I actually I, I don't I don't have any answers at all. What I know is this my narrative and and where I'm at and the direction I'm headed in. Mm-hmm. And, and if if anyone out there wants to be a part of it, then right on. Let's do this together. and And maybe if there's more similarities than differences, it might make sense to to pay a little bit of attention. But if not, that's totally okay. So I don't know if his direction was the right or wrong one. Who am I to say that? I just know it wasn't the direction that I was headed in. Mm -hmm. And looking back for me, depending on how deep you want to dive or go down that hole, if anyone, 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 anyone would have robbed me of my process, like allow me to spend one less night homeless, allowed me to spend one less night in a cell or in a really bad position or predicament, odds are I would not be the man that I am today who is literally a child of God who devotes my life to helping people who are where I once was. Right. So like, again, because all I did was just had a series of me knowing now that I was being divinely inconvenienced over and over and over until I could like recognize it and say, okay, like, here we go. This is it. So I, I, I don't know if I, I believe we're all exactly where we're supposed to be. Right. I genuinely believe that in my heart of hearts. So you cut him off, right? Uh, this last time I didn't cut him off. I just, uh, we just, uh, I just choose, chose not to communicate with him. Um, because he, he, he was doesn't. just in a place where I wasn't and he was, uh, You know, he was uh, was just saying a lot of uh, hurtful things. Yeah. So rants and shit. Yeah. So I was like, that's just not where I'm at. And it's, I'm an empath and I take on people's energy. Mm -hmm. And that was a very, 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 someone I love who's, who, you know, I literally devote and, and, you know, wow. I, 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 I thank him for giving me the offer, an opportunity to get out of Baltimore. If I stayed, I would have been in that plot that my mother bought me for sure. So, you know, I'm forever indebted to him. And it was really tough to see someone who I love and who had helped save my life countless times then battle with his own demons. Um, so I, I, I've always been there. I'll continue to be there. And, and uh, I would love to skate with him now. He looks like he's skating and having a blast. And I hope that that happens sooner rather than later. Skateboarding is the, the glue between all of yeah. <clears throat> our relationships and just in general yeah and just for like from an outsider's perspective it's just like
0: crazy to see two best friends like not at least in a public setting like publicly being mad at each other not talking to each other and it's just like from our perspective it's
2: like sad you know for sure and I I, I would have no problem like I, there's nothing more I'd love than to connect with him but it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You know? It'll it'll happen eventually. When it's supposed naturally. to. Even, yeah. Timing and alignment is everything. Don't force it, right? Yeah, yeah. Literally, I, you know, the world works so much better when I just kind of stay out of it and just go along with the process that's being kind of pushed in my direction yeah when I try to interject because I believe I know what's best I fucking fail <laughs> <Because I'm> like, <laughs> straight up so I just remain teachable I remain humble I remain open-minded and I remain willing good bad or indifferent every morning I start my day with thanking God for everything I've been given everything that's been taken and everything that's in store for me mm. and I, I mean that until like 10 (laughs) o'clock a.m i gotta like recalibrate recenter readjust reevaluate reassess right but the beautiful thing is is i have this awareness now ignorance is no longer bliss i've i've been um you know given this information which now means i'm to be held accountable for my actions Mm. and i i choose to understand as opposed to being understood um that's it yeah it's um, a rather it's so simple that, for me, I missed it for so long, until again, not to fucking be a weird asshole, but until I like took the the short bus to school, right, right, until I just admitted that what I know is I don't know, and the moment I admitted complete defeat was the second I secured the ultimate victory. It's so fucking mm. contradictory to the way I lived my life prior to, yeah it's the exact opposite of everything, right. Yeah, what's that that famous quote? The uh, hard
0: hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times. times make weak men.
2: Yeah, I, well, I, I was smiling because <laughs> mine is a hard head makes for a soft ass, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and I promise you, my ass is the softest in this room. <laughs> I just bumped it over and over and over. Oh my
0: god, dude! So how so? How does your business work where you bought a bunch of houses in baltimore and wilmington delaware in wilmington delaware mm-hmm. okay so how does that whole thing work
2: well it's not even like again i didn't i i i I kicked out of high school in the 11th grade as a direct result of my addiction i got my ged in the penitentiary i didn't go to like real estate school i didn't i told you what i walked into treatment with um but somehow i promised myself because of what my mentors told me in the beginning they said if you stick to the basics you'll never have to go back to the basics and they said if you if you want what you have you have to give it away right if you want if you want what we have do what we do and you can get what we got right they said all these weird things that like were like mind fucks and riddles. And I didn't understand them until I understood them. But I promised that, so I went to an inpatient treatment center for 90 days. And from that inpatient treatment center, I went to a sober living house where I lived for one year. And the reason why I did that was not because it was my idea. It was because my my sponsor, who had 19 years sober at the time, suggested that I do that because he did that. Didn't take a genius to figure out if I recreate what he did in the past, I could get what he has today. So I followed suit right. and I went to the Sober Living House for a year and, and that Sober Living House like, did for me what no other program had ever really done. Cause I could, I'm institutionalized. I, I can I can fall in line, I can conform really easy. I can go to a jail and do a sentence. I can go to a treatment center and think, make you think I'm like running the place. I can run the groups, I can repeat the rhetoric. Like I, I do that. Right. But where the ball was always dropped for me was once I completed said program or sentence and I'm just thrusted back into this community of quote unquote normal people and human Mm -hmm. beings And because I was so disconnected from reality like I didn't understand how to make that transition and I'm living in this sober living house after completing my 90 day inpatient treatment center. I'm a big fan of following through with the continuum of care which is why I said what I do now and I'll get into that but Uh, In this sober living house, I now have a job washing dishes at Marianne's Diner. Uh, I wash dishes for $6 an hour under the table next to a 14-year-old kid named Brian. And I had heard about what humility looked like, but I never knew because I never experienced it. That was humility, right? The successful individual I was prior to finding recovery, I'm now a 38-year-old man who has four months sober and um working at Marianne's diner washing dishes for six dollars an hour under the table next to a fourteen year old kid. I'm like, what the fuck? In my mind I should have been at at the at least the president of the United States. At the <laughs> least. Yeah, bare minimum. Right? Like <laughs> for starters. <laughs> yeah. And um little did I know that job literally was was creating the foundation for not only my sobriety, but me as a human being today. Um and uh and I was washing dishes. I would every night. I, I had a black outfit, black button-up shirt, and black pants. And I would put my clothes in the, the the washing machine, and they would come out bleached. And I didn't know why. And I I didn't. I was too embarrassed to ask someone what the deal was. And one of my housemates walked past, and they saw that I was washing my clothes with dishwashing detergent. And they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like I didn't. I didn't know. You know, like that. I was really disconnected from reality. Yeah. But simple things like that were taught to me through the community from which I lived with of all these sober guys just trying to obtain the same thing. Another stay sober while assimilating back into this weird thing called the fucking world without drinking or drugging is like a lot. And I stayed in that sober living house for a year and I learned I, I I opened up my my very first own ever bank account. Just me, not one with a chick or someone who had like a, a say like mine. And I got a checking account and I got a, a debit card. And then I worked that up to a pre-secured credit card. And I, I started paying my own way, the 165 a week uh, off of the money I was making washing dishes. And then I started paying bi-weekly. Right, It was no fucking guess or, or to anyone's surprise, I lacked self-esteem. I, and I didn't know how to obtain it or else I would have done it on my own and not ended up in a 12-step program. Right. Again, all these things happened to me unbeknownst to me. I'm showing up for work on time. I'm becoming self-sufficient. I'm taking pride in washing those dishes. I miss one day for a whole year, and that's because of a snowstorm, not because I didn't show up, because I started taking other people's feelings into consideration. And I was like, if I don't go to work, who's going to fucking help Brian wash all these dishes, right? The behavior started to change. Mm -hmm. And through these behavioral changes, that lack of uh, self-esteem through doing these esteemable acts, turned into like this insane amount of self esteem, right? All of a sudden, I started doing these esteemable acts and I gained this sense of self esteem, unbeknownst to me. And one day, I just started looking at you in your eyes. I started speaking with conviction and believing what I was saying. And I recognized how important and significant this part of my process was. Fast forward on my fifth year anniversary, my fifth year sober anniversary, I, I'd Got back to where I was financially put together and credit score built up off of that pre-secured credit card. You know, like I'm a, I am ai own a property, I own my own house. And I'm like, I, me and a guy that I met in that treatment center, who's now one of my best friends, George, we, we bought a house and we opened up Novak's house. And that was one house with 10 beds. And, uh, Oh, you bought the first house you bought was for other people, like for sober living. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. my own house. I bought my own house. So I was living in my own house. Oh, got you. Okay. And I bought that one on my three year anniversary. Okay, I bought you. my own personal house. Okay. But then on my fifth year, we bought one home named it Novak's house, Wilmington, Delaware, one house, 10 beds. And we just celebrated our three year anniversary on November 4th. And today we have six houses with 65 beds. Damn, and it's awesome. And it, I, I, I didn't go to real estate school. Uh, I, I didn't come from this background. I just, all I did was get the fuck out of my way. Mm-hmm. I just learned that the common denominator in my problems mm-hmm. were me. And if I surrounded myself with like genuinely good-hearted, like-minded people, I could get to where I'm trying to go with the assistance from some people that knew, wow. <laughs> not me. And um. And, and now what I do is I just travel around. I, I, I'm a motivational speaker and I, I raise money to provide a scholarship fund. And and the why behind my whole purpose, all these fucked up stories that you heard about is to show you that like change is possible and that your history does not have to dictate your future but it can absolutely guide and direct it. And now I just raise lots of money to provide a scholarship fund, therefore, Any man, because I only have men's houses, upon completing some form of an inpatient program that want to continue their journey, but don't have the finances to do so, we will give you a bed. Wow, dude. Until you can kind of transition into paying your own bills and becoming self-sufficient. helping. Mm. I'm just doing what was done for me. Yeah. Right? I'm, right? I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel or solve world hunger here. I'm just, that's my story, and my story produced this outcome. So, how dare I, how fucking dare I safeguard it and not share it with the world? Because this is the beautiful, magical thing about recovery. In our weird world, anywhere in business, anywhere in business, if I come up to you and I give you something that I have, I am to walk away with less. Fact, mm-hmm. fact, fact, fact. Prove me wrong. But in my world of recovery, if I walk up to you and I give you something that I have, I walk away with more. It only makes sense within my world. Hmm. And other people that live in my world, recovering people, can attest to it.
0: Well, that's something that's weird. It's like in... in- embedded in the human psyche is that when people help each other, you would never know. It was such a weird thing too, right? Like when you give away shit, you get this weird sense of gratitude or like fulfillment from it. Right. And you would never think that it doesn't really, it's kind of counterintuitive to what people think when you think of like, from the perspective of, of scarcity, like there's only so many, I only have so mm-hmm. many of these apples I can only give away. I can't give away any because they're not going to last me or whatever. But when you think of, when you actually do that act of giving away some of the shit you have, there's this weird psychological sense of, of fulfillment from it that you would never expect was there. And the
2: universe always prevails yeah. and gives you exactly what you need. Mm. There's a saying within our sober world that if financially you're going through some issues... And you go to a 12-step meeting and they pass the basket around, throw in an extra 20. Like, that's Mm. what's impressed upon, Mm -hmm. you know, from my lineage of mentors. (laughs) Like, you're financially strapped. You're going through these difficulties financially. I want you to throw an extra 20 in the basket. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a Tony Robbins thing. He always talks about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: don't know much about him. You don't? I know Dude, who he is. Dude, you could be the next Tony Robbins. I know who he is, but I just stay in my own lane. You give uh, Tony Robbins a run for his money. I, uh, I, I just stay in my own world. Flying around in my jet helicopter. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's a pretty extreme guy. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But then, so so then the six houses, and, and I, I just, I know from where I came from in the world that I revolve myself in uh, and surround myself in it, it, with, it, I, I can create any environment that I seek I truly believe if I wanted to be a a brain surgeon I could be a brain surgeon I just have to devote the time attention and and energy it takes but I could do that so with that mentality what I've learned again mentality creates reality that's a fact I know that to be true with my world Um, I was like dude I could be doing more I could be helping more I could do better help more in a much more efficient manner so I create it My own treatment center. I opened up Redemption Addiction Treatment Center, Mm -hmm. which is um, basically like my house's, pardon the expression, but on meth. (laughs) It's just (laughs) this bigger, like place where we can help more and there's like a, a psych pract. now i have uh, i have like a psych practitioner that works for me i have a medical director that works for me wow. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> I <deal huh>? with <laughs> all the dudes that work for you like recovering addicts too uh i'd say nine eight out of ten eight out of ten of them yeah wow. yeah 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 and I, when on. I say work for me, it sounds so egotistical and, and I don't want to frame it in that manner. It's just right. I'm just saying that a difference a day can make provided just the right amount of willingness that for me came as a direct result of pain. Right. Right. So like anything is possible. And, you know, I always impress upon, you know, our, my employees, our employees, however you want to say that, it sounds so weird saying, um, that, that the moment that we forget the bag for which we've built this organization on fucking light it on fire, right? Because the client's care must come first, but the moment it becomes financially driven and incentivized and yeah. it's, it's not the very first thought is how would the clients feel about it? How would it affect the clients when it's more like, uh, then it's like, sure, pack no. it up, man. Yeah, uh, Pack it up. Yeah, it's Gen- not genuine anymore. No. No. Are methadone clinics still a thing? Uh Uh-huh. Really? I'm a big fan of all that. You are? Mm Mm-hmm. Because at the very least, right, the chocolate chip analogy. Uh, Matt, medicated assistant treatment, Mm -hmm. methadone, Suboxone, Subutex, Vivitrol. It's not what I do. But who am I to say what the right way to live is? Fuck, mm. I was homeless almost nine years ago letting men blow me for heroin. All of a sudden, I'm walking on water and I have the answer to everyone's crisis. No, man. Right. Um, truth be told, if you think going to the methadone program every day provides you a life that you believe is worth waking up for and getting out of bed looking forward to the day, I'll fucking drive you. Mm. And at the very least, if you decide that you want to come off of that one day you'll at least be alive to have the chance to do so as opposed to just rolling the dice with with fentanyl right what was the problem with the
0: methadone what there was documentaries and shit made about it saying like villain v- vilifying it i think the problem with it was if i remember correctly there was dudes i know there's a dude in florida specifically who had like a ton of those methadone clinics here and he also was like Responsible for selling the actual opiates. Mm-hmm. So he was doing both. But again,
2: that's the financially yeah. incentivized... Right. He's making money off it. Yeah, and which is, is the problem. It's an absolute problem. Yeah. It is a problem. <laughs> and, but, and unfortunately, and look, I'm a, an abstinent guy. I don't partake in any form of a drink or a drug or a medicated-assisted treatment in order to make it through another day. I'm not talking bad on any of these things, but... You <clears throat> did do methadone, though, right? You tried it? Oh, tons, yeah. I loved uh, 180 milligrams of methadone and three or four Xanax bars. Guaranteed overdose every time. And it didn't cost that much money. So it was like, that guaranteed was a Guaranteed overdose? Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, so I'm not far into any of these approaches. I just never took it in the appropriate way. I know some people who live a very happy, productive life on methadone. Unfortunately, I know more that don't. Right? Yeah. but. Right. Who am I to say? Right. Again, I I I deliver my message in a form of attraction rather than promotion, right? So if you out there, the viewer, the listener, uh, find what I do appealing enough that you want to be a part of it, let's do it. Yeah. If not, and the Methadone Clinic looks more appealing, right on. Right. Give it a go. So when you were doing it, you were aiming to overdose. Oh, I was not doing it uh, appropriately. I wasn't going to a clinic. I wasn't being monitored oh, okay. or given doses. I was buying it off the street corner. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I, I was always very scared to get on methadone because uh, it has a really strong shelf life. And it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to come off of. You mean like stays in your body? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, sure. it's, it's a gnarly process. But like even
0: doing any drugs you would be aiming to like you would be aiming to go over the line for sure yeah you're more scared of underdosing than overdosing yeah <laughs> dude i
2: they, there's nothing more that angers me than when i see somebody going to the bar and have a glass of wine. <laughs> I want to f- smash it over your head. What's wrong with you? Or do you want to leave half of it? One line and go to bed with the bag? <laughs> Fuck you. Like yeah, you don't you deserve, to you be deserve, be deserve to be alive. Get your ass kicked Yeah. Like get out of it. Like, yeah. The, I don't. That's what makes me part of that thirty percent of the world that is not normal. Who cannot use without repercussions. Well, that that is more
0: unnormal. I think. To have somebody who does that, just has one drink or does one line, you're a fucking, you're a psycho. Yeah. In my eyes. I think in my eyes, too. And I'm not even, you know, I don't have a drug problem. <laughs> or do you?
2: Maybe I do. You think I'm yeah. here for a podcast. Uh, yeah. AKA intervention. Are your bags, did you bring his bags? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joke's on you, pal. Oh,
0: God, dude. But that's, that's a funny thing, though. Like, everybody does coke nowadays everybody like even young people I know before really? I even before I even ever saw it in real life I have I know people that are like were ten years younger than before I ever saw it today like people in their early 20s like late teens that are just like they go out and coax like a normal everyday thing it's like having a bud light wow and I, that was at least when I was growing
2: up that it wasn't like that see I'm so disconnected from that world that yeah. like before when I was in it, I felt the same way like oh everyone does it and now it's really rare for me to see people like because i'm just not in that world you know yeah. i don't go to bars yeah. i don't right. associate with people i'm in bed by like nine yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, damn, no one in my world's doing blow <laughs> <really>. right, right. <laughs> so i don't it's kind of like you spot it you got it i don't spot it much anymore right i don't got it yeah like that way
0: interesting yeah i feel like whenever i I never go out And but when i do go out on the rare occasion i go to like a, a nightclub or a bar it's just like I can see it in the bat it's like everybody's taking turns in the year we went we went to the strip club a couple of weeks ago yeah. We took, I'd imagine you see a lot of recreational cocaine going on oh, like, yeah. yeah. like, <laughs> a shift, right? There's the yeah. guy who, who sits in, like, when you first walk in, he's the guy that sits there with, like, the deodorant and all yep, that yep, fucking, yep. the fucking mints and yeah. everything, and then there's, like, three stalls, and you're waiting in line, and you just hear <sighs> every fucking five seconds in the stall. Yeah, the is, like, urinals, no one's even hiding it anymore. There's a
3: line in the bathroom, but nobody's at the urinals. Yeah, yes, right. right. Just, just for the, the, the one with the privacy. door. It's just like, oh, we just gotta pee. Yeah.
0: I, look, I, I hear that in the stall, then I look at the guy sitting there and he's
2: just like <laughs> it is, just, <laughs> it's, it's just, just normal to it. Totally, <laughs> no one cares <laughs> yeah yeah I don't I have no problem with people that do but I, I've just yeah. I, I don't I, you know kind of show me who you walk with I'll tell you who you are my yeah. mother used to say this as a child all the time to me and uh, I just I don't my social interactions with people are just so different than they used to be Mm-mm. you know I, I'm so consumed by like work and in business and and trying to like skate and yeah. stuff like i just don't have time Shit, that's good for you yeah how yeah. often do you skate well it's funny I, again after coming to this realization later in my life now i try to make it a priority more and more for my yeah. mental health because yeah. this thing needs to be quiet sometimes no doubt it, it's it's pretty heavy what else do you do for fun i like to work out Okay. Working. I got oddly great at quitting things.
1: <laughs> I, I
2: laugh with you too, but I don't smoke anymore. I don't eat red meat. I only eat chicken and fish. I only drink water. I drink hot tea and water. Um, you only eat chicken and fish. Yeah. No well, vegetables. I mean, I eat vegetables. I okay. eat meat wise. Okay. Gotcha. But um, I, I, I like to work out. I like to skate. I like to ride my bike. I like to do. My life is really fucking monotone and bland to most. I love to go to the grocery store. I love to like have my my house clean. Um, mm-hmm. like really simple shit. And people are like, because for years that was not what I was doing. Like I, there's nothing normal about the way I lived for so long, right That now like there's dude, Friday night, at 9 p.m. was a Dateline special that I wanted to see, and I was so happy. I was so excited <laughs> to like I had just my sweet, sweet, like sleep clothes on. 9 p.m. a beautiful fall night, like hang out my cats, lit some candles, and just watch this with two hours. I'm oh, a cat yeah. fanatic. I'm like oh, are you? so. is he? Yeah, <laughs> I love cats. And he's from Pittsburgh. Did I? That's one one cat. Like oh hell yeah, I got a black and white cat. I have one of them, too. <laughs> Tuxedo I, cat. I, be, I believe I was a cat in my past life. Oh yeah. You know? why I I like to know what's going on with things but without being in the mix okay yeah I like to pick and choose who I give my attention to I like to leave when I want to leave um when I'm home and not traveling I eat the same thing every day and uh I keep weird hours sometimes. Huh? Very feline-ish. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's like legit. Cats How? are fucking psychos, dude. I, there is, cats aren't are they, cool, man. Aren't
0: they the one animal that just kills for sp- just kills for fun, not for food? Like, I've heard that before. I don't, know. I don't is, is there any
2: other animal that just kills shit for fun, like lizards and shit? I, I think I don't want to say they do it for see I'll fucking go to defend them <laughs> but yeah. I think they do it to bring back to their owner to say like hey look what I've done they definitely for you. do that yeah. oh yeah because they, just they really bring the it. mice back and put yeah. it on your door that's true yeah. yeah that's true so I don't know if it's a fun yeah, but what thing. other fucking animal does that I do yeah. do dogs dog. do that I don't think dogs kill really well the ones the hunting dogs that go yeah. right. where they pick the dead up I, mean, mm. I don't know what, um, you know,
0: there's, have you like experimented with good drugs? Like, you know, there's people out there who are like super obsessed with like hacking their body and making <clears throat> themselves like stronger and more efficient. And like, nah. there's people who like are obsessed with all the, the fucking red lights and the saunas and the cold stuff. I do the cold
2: pledges. Do you? And I do the saunas. I do that in my facility with my yeah. clients. The people go like the same way you and Overboard, like down the, the dark road. There I don't are go people crazy go, with yeah. it. I take supplements, I'm very mm. mindful. Uh, I try to, because I'll go crazy. I'll count carbs, I'll fucking, I'll yeah. go insane because yeah. I'm already insane. Um, so I don't let that dictate what my day or actions look like. I just make a conscious effort to do a little bit better than the day before. So what I try to do is cut out processed foods. Mm-hmm. My food to have like a life to where if I don't eat it within a week, it goes bad. That mm-hmm. I can wrap my head around. Right, right, like, Okay, right. this should be good for me. Grocery
0: store p- stay around, around the edges, not
2: the inside aisles where all the fucking. <sighs> oh, that's a great point. Yeah, I never. Yeah, yeah the yeah, edges. All the, all
0: the in, yeah, stay on the on the edges where
2: wow. all the produce and the meat. That's is. where I stay. Yeah, I, but I never. I've never heard that. The Cereals in the middle.
3: Dang, stay I don't from eat from that cereal. Bullshit. I
2: ate cereal at my hotel this morning, but I. Oh. <laughs> I don't eat that cereal so fucking bad for you dude I eat, I eat oatmeal every day do you really at home I saw this meme once like if, if someone eats oatmeal for breakfast stay away from them <laughs> yeah cause it's like nothing's appealing about oatmeal I've tried eating oatmeal for
0: breakfast it doesn't do anything for me People say it's good, but like I don't know. I've, I've also seen documentaries about like the glyphosate and shit, and all the shit that's sprayed on the oatmeal when they process it. And it mm-hmm. can not be bad,
2: but but it could be worse. Uh, you know, you could be eating a box of Twinkies for breakfast. Right? Could so be. it's like, fuck. Yeah, that's did, like the hair. You're asking me. Breakfast. I'll justify anything as long as <laughs> yeah. I'm sticking a needle in my neck. <laughs> Straight up, like I was king of justifying any behaviors. Yeah, I'm yeah. the wrong one to ask. But I saw that, and I asked my. I have a psychiatrist friend this Dr. Yi, it's an insanely intelligent <laughs> Asian guy friend of mine and uh, he created supplements he puts my whole supplement thing in track and and I'm like dude because I, I eat it every I eat one pack of steel cut oatmeal and I mm-hmm. put in organic uh, blackberries and blueberries added every day oh nice and uh, I'm like what's the deal I got all nervous because I've ate that for like four years and mm-hmm. he's like dude don't get caught up on the hype he's like if you feel better or good upon eating it then just follow suit like don't because it's like who's pushing that narrative Mm. is it is it the right wing or the left wing (laughs) right right who's gonna financially incentivize off of you why don't you eat red meat i I watched this documentary that definitely was pushing the narrative of vegan or die yeah for sure but i did see some things that i thought were pretty beneficial from not Mm. so i gave it a go i don't know i stopped smoking i stopped Get yeah, all kinds no of nicotine? stuff. None at
0: all, dude. I just picked up this habit. Oh man, have you seen these? My nephew does them. Really? <sighs> Apparently they're. I so I had a doctor and I didn't. I didn't. I thought they were bad, right? I figured this is probably just as bad as vaping. But then I had this neuro fucking surgeon in here, and he was doing them. Really? This guy from Tokyo, no less, and he comes in with one of these, all in fucking Japanese writing, and I'm like, "You do these? Wow!" He, and he's like, "Yeah." He's like they're neuroprotective it's good for your brain it's just addictive which it very well may be I'm like what's wrong with being addicted to something that's good for you I agree but I think it's there are some regulation. there's probably some shit that's bad for you it's probably not good for your heart I'm sure
2: I, I just yeah I, I have enough things to deal with I don't need to take on a new one right yeah <laughs> I'm cool yeah, you. You. but yeah I got re- I, I quit Um. I quit watching porn I've quit masturbating what yeah quit masturbating altogether. Yeah. yeah yeah uh, almost two years wow i don't i don't abstain from you never jack women, off but i just don't jerk off damn yeah. i got into the whole like spiritual quest What's the longest it? you've gone without jacking off or banging a woman oh uh, well not long i still have sex <sighs> right i just don't jerk off or watch porn unless it's with a woman and watching porn right 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 but uh probably like a, a week a week yeah Say. wow man good for you I, when i was incarcerated and there was no uh way that i could have human contact with a woman it was much longer but i was jerking off in there so yeah
0: yeah i don't think i could ever do that i have sex and i go in the bathroom and jack
2: off right after really <laughs> that's impri- i am not that guy i'm like a once a day is more than enough for me that's gnarly yeah that's a weird thing i don't know what i don't
0: know what it's about Hey wanna like dig more, into that? The more
2: sex I have, the more I want to jack off. <laughs> See you your coming is the byproduct of yeah. something much deeper.
3: Uh, uh, that's your poison. Let's get to the root oh, of the cause uh, here, there's it's something de- yeah. Romeo. Oh
2: fuck, dude. <laughs> Speaking of that I'm trying to fill some void. Who knows I have, what it is. Um can any of you guys guess what that is? The white thing? But yeah, the looks like is. an ayahuasca root. Okay. Is that what it is? A wave. A water wave. Water wave, ayahuasca. A cum stain. Fucking A. Well, no. we're, we're about, uh. So yes, it's cum stain. And here's how that came about. Again, cocaine is a direct result of a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> On cocaine for multiple days at Bam's house. Shooting a game the of castle? pool. castle? Yeah, shooting a game of pool at 5 a.m. one morning. It's so fucked up. I win the game of pool. We've been awake for days. I win the game of pool at 5 a.m., I went the April. We have a tattoo artist with us. We go into the bedroom. I lay on the bed. He puts a pillow over my head. He pulls a laptop out. He jerks off and comes onto my arm. And then we had the tattoo artist trace it and then go over it and put the cum in. So I've had his cum inside me without him actually fucking me, which is also he in itself it another on, magical trick.
3: And then tattooed it in. They tattooed oh it. Yeah. God. Oh, fuck. That's gnarly. So
2: there's a whole thing there. If you want to unpack that too, I'd <laughs> imagine that's going to be a clip. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, and I won the game of pool. It's so wrong that it's fucking right. <laughs> wow. None That's of that incredible. makes sense anywhere yeah. in the world. But it, it, it makes complete be sense. be <laughs> And, you
1: and see, I, I
2: just, yeah, that was just like, a, all right, we're probably getting ready to rap. I just, you start talking about come and then I go there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of things like that. I just, that, those were just days of, That's just like a Monday morning. I used to bet at uh, people, if they could guess it, I'd give them a hundred bucks. And one time we're at the airport and uh, drinking a glass of wine and. I'm talking to the guy who serves it, and he's just this flamboyantly gay guy. He's an amazing guy, and I'm like, if you guess what this is, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And he's like, sweetheart, that's cum. And I'm like, God damn it! Oh, I, my glass of wine was eight bucks, and I had to tip a hundred on top of. It. I'm like, oh. never fucking again. <laughs> wow, that's fucking wild, bro. Well, you gotta catch a flight, dude. It's three o'clock. This was um. This was illuminating, amazingly entertaining, and and very interesting. I I could sit here and do this for hours, dude. Yeah, man, this was fun. Thanks again for doing it.
3: Yeah, come visit us when you're done, man.
2: I would love to. I don't really have make it over here much this side, but this was this was. uh, I really enjoyed it. You got you said you have a house in Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah, I did. But then I was opening my new facility, Redemption Addiction Treatment Center. So anyone out there, if anyone needs help and anyone out there is struggling with addiction or alcoholism, call me directly, 610-314-6747, and we'll do the best that we can to get you the help that you deserve. If you could add that. That I'll be put really the phone number. Yeah. like In the description, is there like a link or anything? It, yeah, Redemption Addiction Treatment okay. Center. And, yeah, and, I'll uh, link all your shit. That'd in the, be rad. In the description. But um, I had a place in Fort Lauderdale, and then I was so consumed with opening that. That was always my dream, my end game. I always wanted to open a treatment center. I wanted to be a part of people's daily process, like from when you walk in the door to when you leave. I want to see like the lights come on. I want to see you start to have some ambition and drive, and and like start to really like have a reason to wake up and look forward to the day and families coming back into lives. And and I knew the best way I could do that paired with the fact that I fucking cannot being, st- I can't stand being told no. Right. I mm-hmm. can't stand when someone says, Oh, we can't give this person a scholarship because they don't have insurance or so I'm like, fuck this. No is not ex- exceptional. Right. Like failure is not an option. I, I opened up my own treatment center and now no one can tell me no. And I help, help, help. Um, So I, I did that and I see like these beautiful lives coming back together and, and it's, I don't even know why I got into that tangent. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. I love them. But that was the end game to, to where we're at now. Oh, so while doing that, I was so consumed with that process <clears throat> that I wasn't utilizing my place in Fort Lauderdale. So I put it all, oh, I got rid of the place. Everything's in storage. So I'd say within the next year, I'll start looking for another little rental property to get. You think you'd ever move to Florida? Uh, Be honest. I think when I get older. Really? Yeah. Just when like. Not okay. now. I love the seasons too much. I really appreciate oh, the. Yeah, seasons. there's no season here. Yeah, <laughs> it's just hot and hot. I'm like an accessories whore. I like layers. I like hot tea. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah, you like scarves, right? Yeah, I'm not even a big fan of summer. Yeah. I, I love fall, <laughs> but yet I had a place here. So who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah. Can't call it. Um, people from people
0: from up there are so much different than from people that down here bro like oh yeah people up there have so much in general they have so much more character than people down here they're kind of like if down here you kind of i mean there's a lot of old people but people are kind of flat you know up there you have just like the one uh, what i love about people from like new jersey and new york the most is that they'll shit on you with a smile my friend was just saying that last night
2: I was out to dinner and she was telling me that yeah and like they just have so much more charisma up there I I went to New York recently to see um, uh, one of my favorite bands ever is the Libertines Pete Doherty it's a London band Uh and they they, they played in in New York and I went to it and I'm like it's such a shame New York is beautiful I love it it's so charismatic it's so eclectic there's Mm -hmm. so many different vibes yeah but the people are just not nice. Yeah, that's what I. That's love. what I turns <laughs> me off. Yeah,
0: yeah. But they're they're not nice. But you can be not nice back to them, but and I'm, it's, not, I'm it's just kind so of
2: funny. Not that guy now. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm just. I cringe at the thought of confrontation. Yeah, I literally, and that comes from traumatic shit as a child with my father. Right. So that kind of bleeds into like when I'm off my square, just like, I don't get angry, but I just get really, I shake, I start shaking. But what do you like better? What would you rather have? Would you rather have
0: people, be surrounded by people in New York that just aren't nice? Or would you rather be surrounded by people that are
2: in like LA and they're just fake nice in order to... Uh, I wouldn't surround myself with either. That's yeah. the beautiful thing with sobriety is I have choices and options. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and both those places, it's, I would not it's live. It's not black and white. Right? I, no. I. But if I had to, I would probably, because I like seasons, I would take New York. Yeah. Um, but, you know, California, I go often. Just yeah. it depends on what the reasoning behind it is. I, I never... I, I don't even like something summer, about the I had cold. a place in
0: Florida it's something about the climate too like the, that changes you when you're in that I'm getting cold weather I'm getting
2: older and I'm like really liking like the easier softer slower way of things going mm. um, which I think added to Florida becoming appealing yeah no doubt and then I come here I had everything else set up I had a place I had clothes and it was like no thought to it just jump on a plane cruise and I have you know it was nice mm-hmm. yeah so That's I'll do mind. that again I will the next year, Then maybe we could do a part two. Yeah, yeah. man, that'd be awesome, bro. When's well, the documentary coming? Well, I don't know. Not Fuck, sure yet. I don't know. Nah. It's, it's above my pay grade. <laughs> Where's <laughs> yeah. Franz? Get yeah. Franz on the phone. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a Franz question. <laughs> right. Joe it's, Franz. Franz the people are asking. Got yeah. like some
0: fucking editing to do, yeah, buddy. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: awesome. It's it's amazing though. It's it's a so beautiful cool.
0: thing. Cool, bro. Well, thanks again, everybody, I love you, boys. You yeah, know man. what love it is. Links are in the description. And good night, folks. Cheers.